We all said together, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Faith to conquer death. If I could draw your attention to that verse there at the very end, there in verse number five, and where the angel says to them, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? I can already tell just by the feel in the room that many of you are uncomfortable right now and are wondering to yourself, is this crazy preacher going to try to preach this whole sermon from inside of this casket? I know there are many of you that are thinking to yourself, I see the steps there, and I'm wishing and hoping that he will get out of this casket because it's a little bit crazy to get living word from a dead place. I want you to know that I know exactly how you feel. You seeing me in this casket? I'm wondering, where have you been? I have seen you at games. I have seen you at restaurants. I have seen you at, I have seen you at bars. I have seen you at the mall. I have seen you looking for the living amongst the dead. Welcome back to the house of God, everybody. Welcome to the church. Welcome back to being in service. Don't act like you ain't never jammed before no place else. But you were looking for something living in a dead place. I know there are many of you in this room who are watching me and you're watching me live around the world. And some of you are thinking to yourself, you know what? Wow, this is big. This is a my God. And wow, I knew PA was crazy. And I knew that he was going to do something for Easter. He always do something. And this is maybe this is kind of cool. And and maybe that's what you think. But I want you to know that for the people who really love me, my mama who's watching, my favorite auntie who's watching, this is an uncomfortable moment. When I told my daughters I was going to be in a casket this morning, they were kind of I had to give them some notice so that they could be ready for it because this is hard. For you all that love me, feel me, and don't really know me and think, okay, hallelujah. But for the people that really love me and the people that really know me and the people that really care for me, they can't wait for me to get out of this casket. Can I tell you something? For the people that really love you and the people that really care about you and your mama and your auntie that prays for you and for everybody that really cares. I don't know if folk really care about you, if they can see you clubbing in a casket. I don't really know if folk really, really love you, if they can be all right with you doing the craziest things in the world. Why seek ye the living amongst the dead? All right, I'm going to help you. All right, I'm going I'm going to get out. I'm going to go ahead and get out. But the thing about getting out the casket is you can't get out of a casket by yourself. The reason why I got some pastors here is because I need help getting out my casket. Oh, my God. The reason why you gathered together for church this morning is because you need help getting out of your casket. Come on, Pastor Al. Don't let me fall. You know, that'll be a moment. The reason why you got to come back to church, the reason why you got to be about the things of God, the reason why you need a Bible, the reason why you need Jesus in your life, 
is because you can't get out of your dead place by yourself. The reason why you are in this room, the reason why this matters is because you need prayer to get out of your death. Can't do it by yourself. You need help. All right, go ahead. Y'all have no idea how much I wrestled with whether or not I was going to do that or not because I know my mama's watching and I know my grandmama's watching. Do you know that your mama is watching you? Did you know that your children are watching you? Did you know that your favorite auntie is watching you? Did you know that the people that care about you the most are watching you? And you don't know what they had to do to make this thing comfortable. I made one of the young guys get in it first. I said, I want you to say, the young intern dude, that's an anointed dude, but right now I'm putting him through his paces and making sure I know that he's got a right heart. I made him sit in that. And he said, PA, you would never believe how uncomfortable a casket is because a casket, a coffin, is not made for a living somebody. It's made for the dead, my God. We had to put extra stuff in here to make this comfortable so that I could be in it for the few minutes that I was in it. I'm contending that a part of the reason why you need all that you have surrounded yourself with is because you're in a dead place, not a living place. The more death it's about, the more uncomfortable it is. Why seek ye the living amongst the dead? One of the things that is so amazing to me about Easter, and I have been preaching Easter sermons forever, and, I, and I'm always trying to find some kind of way to, to, to have some kind of perspective about Easter and, and how many sermons I've preached. One of the things that's amazing to me about the Easter story and the first Easter Sunday morning is that nobody believed that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. Nobody believed. I know that we think to ourselves, it would have been amazing if I had been there. It would have been great to be one of the first Christians. It would have been great to be a part of the disciples. It would have been great to be a part of it because I could have seen it. I would have been a part of it. I would have been in there with it. And you know what? My faith would have been at a whole nother level. If I had seen the miracles myself, if I had seen Jesus heal people, see Jesus raise the dead, see Jesus heal the blind, see Jesus feed the 5,000, see Jesus walk on water, then I'd have a whole nother level of faith than I have now. But we are looking at Luke 24. The first Easter, Jesus is crucified. He is risen to life on the third day. And the women are coming looking for his dead body. They are there with spices. They are there to anoint 
his dead body, Jesus told them that he was going to be killed and raised from the dead and didn't nobody believe him. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in which you telling somebody something and don't know the body believe you. It can be hard when you believe and don't nobody believe you. It can be hard when the people closest to you don't believe you. We're not just talking about the crowd. We are talking about the disciples, the people who ate with him, the people that were closest to him. Jesus told them that he was going to raise from the dead and didn't nobody believe. You can look at all the Gospels. There's a version in John chapter 20 where Mary, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and they're there whether the angel rolls the stone away or they this appearance, they have an interaction with an angel and, and they're having this. Mary Magdalene shows up, she goes in, she's looking for Jesus, the disciples go running and she sits down and just starts to cry. Jesus actually appears to her. Jesus appears to her and says, what's wrong? And she says, they have taken my Lord's body. Somebody to come in here and stole my Jesus. She's weeping. She's crying. She's upset because she is thinking, you can't steal my Jesus. Thank you. Somebody to come in here and took my Jesus. She's crying. She's weeping. Jesus has appeared to her and she doesn't even recognize that it's him. That's how much nobody believed. That's how much nobody had faith. She thought he was the gardener. She thought he was somebody that just worked at the cemetery. Then he said, Mary, and she recognized him because the first person that really saw Jesus alive and resurrected was a woman. But my point is, is Jesus, they saying, run and go tell my disciples that I'm risen. Man, run and go tell them. And, and there's folks that don't believe doubting Thomas speaks up for everybody and says, yeah, 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 whatever. Let me tell you what, until I put my hands in the nails, until I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. They show up. On the third day, looking for a dead Jesus, even though he told them he was going to rise again. And I, I want to look at what the angel asks them and says to them, not in a condemning way, but in a legit, let's ask the question kind of a way. Why? Do you look for the living amongst the dead? Why seek ye the living amongst the dead? I think when I first thought about this sermon, Elder Paul, I thought, I, I, I kind of feel like the, the angels kind of like, what are you doing here looking for something living in a dead place? And I, I feel that. 
But you know, I want to. I also want to say that maybe, just maybe, the Lord is using an angel to ask all of us a question, and that is, why do we look for life in dead places? And maybe we can have an answer to that. And the answer to it is that it's because we are more comfortable with death than we are with resurrection. Death we know. Resurrection we don't know. Death we are familiar with. Life after death is something that is all together unfamiliar to us. If you talk about somebody died, we're like, oh my God, it's so sad. Let's go to the funeral. Or you may not want to go to the funeral. I know many of you looking at a casket just makes you uncomfortable. And we got counselors on the ready to be prepared in case anybody gets triggered as a result of seeing a casket. But I think a casket's not a bad thing to see because you ain't going to live forever. Care how much kale you eat. I don't care how much jumping jacks you do. I don't care how much water you drink. One of these days, you are going to die. We hear that somebody died from whatever, whoever you may have lost. When we hear that, we're just kind of like, yeah, I, I, it's sad, it's hard, it's tough, it's difficult, but we're used to it. We're way more used to death than resurrection. And I want to take a minute to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I want your faith to come alive so strong that you will look for resurrection and not just death, my God. I want you to be somebody that joins me in faith and believes that just because this happened does not mean it's over. Just because this took place does not mean this is the end. Just because I'm going through a rough place don't mean that this is my last place, my God. This is just a comma in my story. This ain't the period. There's more to come. Maybe a part of the reason why they didn't believe him, even though they saw him raise other people from the dead, is because he was tried. Folks lied on him. He was convicted. He was condemned. And he was crucified. Now, I'm sorry, but one of the things about people that can bother me just a little bit, and you can say amen if it bothers you just a little bit, but folk can be a way where they believe you when everything's going great for you. But if you are publicly tried and publicly condemned and publicly crucified, Folk almost start to think that maybe you weren't so great in the first place. There was a trial that they had for Jesus and folk came and lied on Jesus. If folk can lie on Jesus, folk can lie on you. 
but I can almost see it because I'm alive. I know how people are. I can almost feel it how somebody comes to the trial. They tell a lie on Jesus. And then folks say, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, and the way they was talking about Jesus, maybe Jesus wasn't as great as we think. Sometimes when someone is tried, when someone is condemned publicly, when someone is convicted in the eyes of the pulpit, in the eyes of the public, sometimes we think somebody's great till enough people start to say something about them. Then the next thing you know, the same people that were screaming Hosanna are now thinking maybe you weren't so great to begin with. And maybe you deserve to die. You can go from innocent to maligned and folk thinking you deserve what you got in a matter of a minute. Maybe, just maybe, there was somebody that was saying, yeah, you know, I never did like Jesus all that much to begin with all that healing people and walking on the water. I mean, who we think he is. It's just so easy for public opinion to change about. Oh, I wish I had. It's just for all of us who are so determined to be Twitter famous, just know that it's absolutely possible that the same folk who love you can turn on you. Maybe the reason why they didn't believe he was resurrected, nobody came to the tomb looking for him to be up. Maybe the reason why is because they saw him crucified. They saw him scourged. They saw his body broken. They saw him fall down from carrying a cross. They saw him nailed. They saw him stabbed. They saw him die. Even if they had kind of been thinking that he would be raised from the dead. After all of that, after seeing all of that, after seeing what his body went through, after seeing how he was broken, after seeing the damage he took, the folk who supposed to believe that resurrection is possible stopped believing. Maybe, just maybe, because of what you've been through, and what life has done to you, and what the world has done to you, and what the system has done to you, and what COVID has done to you, and what people have done to you. Maybe there are folk who are looking at you and thinking, you cannot recover from hurt like that. But the devil is a liar. Just because you have been scourged, oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to. Just because you have been beaten, just because you have been stabbed, just because you have been betrayed, don't mean that God can't step in and absolutely resurrect everything from death to life. We walk around with crosses around our necks, and I get it, but you have to realize that the cross is a symbol of death to people in this world. They used to see in the Romans crucify people. I know you saw, we all seen the picture of the three crosses up on a hill. It's a nice picture, but if you've ever been to Israel, you know that where Golgotha was wasn't on no hill. Because what the Romans did is the Romans liked to crucify you around your people. 
The Romans like to crucify you and leave you in the road, in the way, so you could be an example to other people of why not to cross them. They didn't crucify you in some far off place you got to go visit. They crucified you in a place where you had to walk by. Folk in your everyday life had to walk by and see you hanging there dying. And maybe, just maybe, I'm sorry, I keep making this connection, but it's good to me. Maybe, just maybe, everybody has seen. Maybe, just maybe, your difficulty has been public. Maybe, just maybe, your hardship has been in the face of everybody that you know. But don't you know, beloved, when everybody you know sees you maligned, you are just setting up a great moment even more. For God to step into your situation and turn this whole thing around. One of the things that's interesting to me about the whole story is not just that no one believed Jesus, but then in Gethsemane. Jesus gathers together with his disciples to pray right before he's about to be betrayed. Most of us who have ever been betrayed, we're surprised by the betrayer. Jesus knew somebody was going to betray him. He knew who was going to betray him. He knew when the betrayal was going to happen. He says to the guys, look, man, let's go pray. They go to Gethsemane to pray. Jesus steps away from most of the disciples, takes Peter and John, James and John along with him, and then he says to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I need you to keep watch with me. What was overwhelming to Jesus? We know that he turned to the Lord. We know that he prayed and said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but thy will be done. What bothered Jesus about this whole situation? Jesus died for us, but he didn't necessarily like doing it. I mean, we have actual scripture where Jesus admits <laughs> that if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. It's, it's a moment where Jesus admits, you know what? This whole being the Christ thing is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It's a word for somebody besides just me. It is okay for you to admit that the call is overwhelming. It is okay for you to omit, for you to admit that the challenge is, di is difficult. It's all right for you to pull some folk who are really close to you and say, yo, I need prayer. Because even in the middle of the will of God, I'm overwhelmed. Even in the center of the will of God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Even in the middle of God speaking to me, I still don't know if this is something I want to do. What was overwhelming? I'm sure... 
weekend because his soul being overwhelmed with sorrow almost reminds me of anxiety. It almost sounds like Jesus was having a small little anxiety attack and I just finished a, a, a whole series on being overwhelmed, but it sounds like that a little bit to me. What was overwhelming? Was it the possibility of the pain of the cross and the whipping and the scourging and the, and the actual physical difficulty that he had to face? My God, there's just so many ways in which we can relate. Is it the impending doom of the physical difficulty that you go through? Is it the fact that he's about to be separated from the Father. That's what everyone always told me it was. Well, he's going to be separated from the Father, and he knows he's about to be separated from the Father, and I, I, I understand that, but, but I'd also like to make a suggestion that maybe, just maybe, and this helps me, and I hope it'll help you, maybe, just maybe, all of the doubt and all of the fear and all of the scare and all of the issues that were surrounding him started to mess with him. It's why he was on the cross and said, my Lord and my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It is possible for your human condition to overwhelm you even in the moment of your greatest victory. Maybe, just maybe, it took faith for Jesus to conquer death. Maybe, just maybe, he told so many people that he was going to be killed and rise to the life. And maybe so many people thought he was crazy. And so many people thought that he didn't know what he was talking about. And so many people thought he had just gone too far. That maybe their doubt started to mess with his faith. If that seems sacrilegious to you, okay. You don't have to even think that Jesus was that way. But you can think about yourself like that. And maybe you can identify with somebody who's tried to do something because if you tell your faith story to the wrong person, they can almost talk you out of what God is about to do in your life. Oh my God. You've got to be careful who you tell your resurrection story to. You have to be careful who you tell what God's about to do for you before he does it. Because there are some folk who can't see what God's about to do in your life. Oh my God. There's some people, they cannot get with your dream. There's some people, they cannot get with your vision. There's some people, they cannot understand the fact that God woke you up and God spoke to you and God gave you a word and God told you what he was going to do in your life and you might look like you're about to die but actually, this is all the setup for God to get the glory out of your life. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to but myself. There are folks who are looking at you thinking you have lost your mind and you're thinking, oh, I know I look crazy. Oh, I know I look like this ain't going to work, but you wait and see what God's about to do and he's going to turn my situation around. You have to be careful who you tell that to. Because if you tell it to enough doubters, they can make you almost they can mess with you 
Here is Jesus. He's known the whole time that he is here to die for the sins of the world. And at the 11th hour in Gethsemane, he's asking God to take the cup from him. And on the cross, he says, my Lord and my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Might I suggest for you to consider that it's possible that at your greatest moment of purpose, doubt can creep in. Especially if your body been through something. Especially if it's painful. Especially if it's hard. Especially if it's difficult. And especially if you're surrounded by a bunch of naysayers and doubters and folk who's supposed to know you and folk who's supposed to care and folk who's supposed to know how to pray and they sleep. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where you feel like all hell's about to break loose, where you feel like you can't even hardly relax, where you feel like you don't know where your help gonna come from, where you feel like you don't know where your future's gonna go, and the folk who post to care about you the most is someplace sleep, and you wonder, how can you be asleep when I'm in this kind of trouble? How can you be asleep when I'm on the verge of this difficulty? How can you be asleep when somebody's about to betray me? I told y'all somebody was going to betray me. I told you who it was. Y'all saw him leave. He ain't here now. And what do y'all think he went to do? Really? You're tired? Really? You're asleep? Here I am thinking I can count on y'all to pray for me in my toughest moment and y'all are sleeping. I'm just laying it out there just for us to allow for the fact that Jesus was at all points tempted yet without sin. That Jesus was in a human body. And maybe, just maybe, all of these circumstances started to mess with Jesus. If you don't want to accept that, that's all right. Just be honest enough on Easter Sunday morning to admit that the circumstances and the difficulties and what people have to say and the folk you think is supposed to be close to you and the folk that you trusted the most and all of that can mess with you at your purpose moment. I need a witness in the building. I said I need a witness in the building. I need a witness around the world. Just because you're at your death place don't mean you're at the end. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Just because it looks like your money is over don't mean it's at the end. Just because they're about to lay you off don't mean it's at the end. Just because you haven't had a contract in a little while doesn't mean it's not about to turn around. Just as a matter of fact, the God I serve, he's the kind of God that just in the right moment, just 
when you think you're at your darkest place, just when you think that it can't get any worse, just when your last friend falls asleep on you, God is waiting for you to get to the place where you're like, I got nobody else to go to but him. I got no place else to go but God, and my back is up against the wall. Has anybody ever been there? Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do, but God stepped in right on time? See, now, all of you in the room and all of you watching around the world, you know there's people in this room have been at their darkest place. There are folk who are in this room who have been in a place where they didn't know how it was going to go and they didn't know how they were going to make it, but God resurrected. And I want you this morning to have faith to conquer death. I don't want you more used to death than you are to life. I don't want you more used to loss than you are to winning. I don't want you more used to tragedy than you are to the comeback. I want you to tell the devil I'm back. I want you to stand up and say, you thought you had me, but I'm still breathing. You should have killed me when you had the chance. I'm still alive. I'm still here. I want you to refuse to accept this difficult moment as your end. The devil is a liar. May God himself resurrect you. Sit down, sit down. The Bible says that God resurrected Jesus. He said, no man take my life, but I lay it down. He had to lay it down at his own will. But he had to wait for God to resurrect him. Took faith, son. Took faith to close his eyes in death. Because he had the power to not die. But once he died, he was waiting on his father to show up at the right moment. He told everybody three days. He said, my daddy can't watch me be dead for longer than three days. My daddy can't watch me be in the grave for more than three days. Don't y'all worry. Living, he loved me. Died and he saved me. My father loves me too much. To leave me dead for three days. But the Bible says. That the same spirit. That raised Christ from the dead. Dwells in you. It will quicken your mortal. I don't know what day it is for you. I don't know if it's day one. I don't know if it's day two. I've got a little feeling in this room. That somebody is turning the corner into day three. And you are about to be resurrected from death to life. 
I don't know about you, but I speak it over the room because I'm speaking it over myself. Lord, let this be day number three. Lord, let this be day number three. May this be the last day my money's in the grave. May this be the last day my heart is in the grave. May this be the last day I'm so depressed I don't want to get out of the bed. May this be the last day my teenager is addicted to that thing. Lord, let this be my last day. My God is a God of resurrection. Sit down. Why do we look for the living amongst the dead? It's because we're used to death. Because death we know. Resurrection we don't know. Why would we ever think that the answer to our internal struggle is a fleshly change. But that's how we do. Me too. I'm not just talking to you. Me too. <laughs> it's just something that we do. We deal with internal, mental, soulish struggle and we think the answer to that is something physical. I'm confused on the inside, so I'm going to change myself on the outside. I got an issue on the inside, so I'm going to put something on my body on the outside. I'm messing, something's messed with me on the inside, so I'm going to drink something or smoke something or eat something or do something or move something on the outside, and the outside is going to fix me on the inside. But when you're done tapping and done twerking and done you gonna find out that it was all this. Get a sex change if you want, you still gonna die. Get all the tattoos you want, you still gonna die. Smoke all the weed you want, you still gonna die. Have all the sex you want, you still gonna die. Make all the money you wanna make, you gonna die. Buy all the houses, buy all the cars, get all the rims, all the spinning, get all the Jordans you want. You're going to die. My question this morning, and I'm done, is are you going into a coffin or are you stepping out? Oh, which way are you going? That's my question this morning. Uh, which way are you going? Uh, are you going in uh, or are you coming out? Uh, are you right now living a life in which on who's around you? Are you around people that are slowly taking you closer and closer? Are you on a step? Uh, are you right now in a situation where you are raising the lid? Oh, y'all done locked it. Hallelujah. Where you are raising the lid to climb in or are you right now somebody that says the devil is a liar and the world don't know what they talking about and I am so tired of being sick and tired and I have decided to get up out my grave and take the first step my question is which way are you going my question is are you going in or are you coming 
sorry. But like Diana Ross said, I'm coming out. I want the world to old school. I'm coming out. I refuse to allow a locked lid to keep me down. I refuse to allow a broken system to keep me in a coffin. I refuse to allow the fact that just because I look like this, I can't be more than you ever thought. I refuse to believe that just because I'm this old, it's over for me. The devil is a liar. Let somebody ask him, which way you going? Which way you going? Are you going in or are you going out? I said, are you going in or are you coming out? Get a Diana Ross testimony. Say, I'm coming out. And I want the world to know that to let it show that I'm coming out. I want the world to know that to let it show. I'm so tired of death. I'm so tired of death. I'm so tired of us accepting defeat. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Right now, I want you to declare, he can't have my money, he can't have my money, he can't have my future, he can't have my career, he can't have my baby, he can't have my money, he can't have my stuff, he can't have my marriage, he can't have my breakthrough, he can't have my, he can't have my scholarship. Coming out, I'm coming out. I want you to have faith to conquer death. Sit down, please. I'm done. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says to them, who do men say that I am? That's the first step. The first step out is who do People say God is. That's the first step out the coffin. The first step out of lack. The first step out of debt. The first step out of unemployment for you because you are a believer. The first step out is for you to ask yourself, now who exactly is this God I serve? Who exactly is Jesus to me? Is he just somebody my grandmama told me about? Or have I decided that maybe he's more than I ever thought? And maybe they're the ones that are crazy. Maybe the world that's trying to tell us that this ain't real. Maybe they're the ones who don't know what they're talking about. Takes just as much faith to believe in evolution and a Big Bang and the fact that we all came from monkeys as it does to believe that God created the heavens and the earth. I'm sorry, it takes the same faith. And maybe, just maybe, the first question is, well, who do men say that I am? 
Ask it realistically. The church has to ask that realistically. Who do men say God is? Then their answer was, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one of the prophets. Meaning that the second step is you're at least something we respect. Elijah, yeah. Jeremiah, yeah. We respect it. It's wrong, but we respect it. And for all of you that are in the room and all of you that are watching around the world who want to allow, I, allow me to apologize on behalf of the church if we have done things that somehow made it difficult for you to respect us, forgive us. Our problem is we human like you. Ooh. We human too. Sorry the pastor let you down. Sorry somebody at that church hurt your feelings. Sorry somebody in the parking lot bothered you. It's a little funny to me how you are so strict about how folk in the church treat you and you still with somebody who did you wrong. But anyway, uh, it seemed to me it's a little bit funny to me. It's a little weird how we are held to such a high standard, but you hang with people now that did you wrong a whole lot of times. But anyway, my point is, is please forgive us for being human my hope and my prayer is that you can somehow have some kind of respect for the church we come together we worship we praise here at World Overcomers we worship in a whole kind of different kind of ways because we don't know what moves you it's a big church. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people watch this in a part of this ministry in here and around the world. So we do. Today we had a Kirk Franklin tribute. And, then, and we opened up with some old Fred and then we sang something new. And then, and then, and then we shouted. And Tony got up here and we hollered and shouted a little bit. And then we on the organ a little bit. And I'm hooping a little bit. I don't want to do it too much because there are some of us that that can trigger us. Now, me, I love it. I love choirs. I love all of it. But I understand. But if that triggers you, please forgive us. I'm sorry. On behalf of the worldwide church and all the evil that was done in the name of Christ, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive man. They know not what they do. A whole lot of evil done in the name of Christ. Whole lot of wickedness done in the name of Christ. Whole lot of enslavement done in the name of Christ. Whole lot of awful stuff that's done in the name of Christ. But if you've ever been a business owner, just because somebody working for you does something crazy doesn't mean that that's the whole purpose of the company. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. I kind of feel for Jesus. Jesus has had some employees that have represented his company in a little bit of a not so amazing way. But don't you dare doubt the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't you let some messed up preacher. 
Don't you let somebody that hurts you. Don't you let somebody that you saw wasn't quite living as amazingly as you live. Because you're perfect. Oh, I need a witness. I can't believe them. Well, can you believe you? How can you not believe them and you can't believe yourself? You just left the club. I can't believe them. Preachers ought to be better than that. Especially here in the South. I know it's around the world. Especially here in the South. We will holler and twerk in the same 12 hours. Oh, yes, we will. We'll get it all loose and then come in here. There's not too much difference between this and this. They both need your legs open. And got the nerve to be upset. We need the same blood that touches the pew to reach the pulpit. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. But if nothing else, can you still respect the cross? Jesus said, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the resurrected king. You are the one with power. The first step is asking, what does Jesus mean to you? Who is he really? The next question is, can you respect the church at all? The last step is, but is God so big and God so powerful and God so great and God so strong? Can he be the Messiah? Can he be the anointed one? Can he be the one with power from on high? Can he be exactly what you need? Can he help you out? Can you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? I really want to ask people to not move. It's 12.04. I know it's a little bit over, but it's Easter Sunday. We ain't been in the room for two years. People in the room, people watching literally around the world. Can you bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute? I know it's hard. We're so busy looking at screens and somebody look, looking at phones and so busy looking at everything. But can you just for a minute bow your head and close your eyes and examine yourself? My question for you this morning is, which direction are you going? Are you going in or are you coming out? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you have faith to conquer death? If you're in this room this morning, and even watching around the world, don't want to just make it the room, but if you're in this room this morning, 
and you are not saved. You have never committed your life to the Lordship of Christ. You've never been born again. You've never prayed a prayer in which you committed your life to Christ. But you want to be saved. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're in this room and you're not saved, but you want to be. Nobody's looking around. I just want you to throw your hand up and throw it back down. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Wow, I see that hand. I'm not saved, Pastor Andy, but I want to be. I want to be. I see that hand. I see that hand. All right, let me give you another invitation. What, you may be here. You may be saying, you know what, Pastor Andy, I, I'm not really sure if I'm saved. I mean, I go to church. I try to be a good person. I try to do the right stuff, I guess. Am I going in or coming out? I'm not really sure, but I want to be sure. I want to know that I know that I know that Jesus is the Lord of my life and, I, and I'm saved. Now, if you raise your hand once, you don't have to raise it again. But if that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up, throw it back down. I see that hand. I see that hand. I'm not sure, Pastor Andy, but I want to be sure. You're about to pray. When you pray for me, just include me in that prayer because I want to be sure. I see that hand. All right, last invitation. You may be here. You may be saying, you know what, Pastor Andy? I used to really be saved. I used to really be serious about the Lord. I used to go to church. I used to be all involved. But I've, I've fallen away from God. I guess you'd call me a backslider. I guess that's what they used to say in the old church. And I, but I got to get God back into my life. Now, if you, don't, if you raise your hand once, you don't have to raise it again. But if that's you, you say, Pastor Andy, when you pray, Include me in that prayer. Just throw your hand up. Throw it back down. I see that hand. 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 All right. My God, if you lifted your hand for prayer on any of these invitations I gave you this morning, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. Thank you. Don't be ashamed. There's so many of you, so there's no reason to be ashamed. If you lifted your hand for prayer on any of those invitations I gave you, just stand to your feet. If you lifted your hand for prayer on any of these invitations, or you're looking around and you see all these people that are standing and you're like, oh, I should have lifted my hand. You can just jump on your feet. Wow. Can I make you do one more thing? Can I make you come down here? Can you come down? Just come down. Can you just say, excuse me, come down? Can y'all praise God for them as they come? Listen, don't. There's so many of you. Don't be ashamed. We're not going to do nothing scary with you. We're just going to pray for you. You lifted your hand for prayer, or you didn't, and you see people coming to the altar. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come all the way down. Come close. Come close. Come close. Y'all can praise God for them, and don't leave. Come on down. Come on down. Spread out. Now, everybody in this room that's actually a believer, I want you to put your hands together and actually praise God. Like you glad about somebody giving their life to the Lord. I said, I want you to clap your hands and thank God. All right. Real quick, 
everybody at the front, listen, and everybody in the room, because you might have been in here and you just couldn't even come up here, and that's okay, because that was kind of how I was. And you may be watching around the world, and you may be thinking, oh, don't, don't leave me out. We're not going to leave you out. What we're going to do right now is we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray a prayer. Matter of fact, I'm going to make everybody in the whole room pray it. We're going to pray a prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want everybody in the room to pray it. I used to make people join hands, but I'm not going to do that. You can take the... Uh, well, that's just a minute. We're going to pray. I want everybody at the altar to know. I want everybody in the room to know. I want everybody watching around the world to know. There's nothing all that magical about this moment. The truth of the matter is the minute you raised your hand... The Lord said, okay, bet. <laughs> the minute you said, I need thee, oh, I need thee, the Lord was like, oh, you need me? <laughs> oh, are you acknowledging that you need me? Can somebody say amen? The minute you said, oh, I need the Lord, the Lord was like, oh, bet, let's start this thing off. The minute you said, I got to get God back into my life, the Lord is like, oh, you ain't said nothing but a word to me, girl. You ain't said nothing but a word to me. Because the Lord is, uh, is open. So I think sometimes we, we make this all too hard. Paul told us not to make it hard, to make it simple. It's just a matter of saying yes. So we're going to pray a prayer, but really the prayer is for you to know that you said something. Your mouth saying something is powerful. And it helps you. So I want everybody to close your eyes. I want everybody in the room to pray this prayer with me. You'll be saved. I want everybody to pray. Everybody say, Lord. Come on, nice and loud. Everybody say, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. To, conquer death. to conquer death. I believe, I believe. He's, alive. he's alive. I'm asking him, asking come him. in my life, in my life. Be, my be my Lord. Give me the faith, me the faith. To, conquer death. to conquer death. And I thank you now thank you. for saving me. Thank you now for making me part of your family in Jesus name now Lord I want to thank you for every person under the sound of my voice I want to thank you Lord for every person at the altar I want to thank you for every person that's watching around the world I want to thank you Lord God for every single solitary believer I want to thank you right now for every person that was a backslider but they're not anymore I want to thank you for every person that wasn't sure but they sure now I want to thank you for every person that's never prayed before but they pray now and we rebuke the devil off of them. We believe now for salvation. We believe now for this gift. We believe now for this moment in your presence. 
and we bless them in your name. We rebuke the enemy that would try to hinder them from walking in the abundant life that you have for them. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. God, thank you for salvation. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name. We all sit together. Now I want everybody to clap your hands. I want everybody to clap your hands. I want everybody to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Okay. Now, everybody pull your phone up. You want to take them over there? Yeah? Yep, you ready? Okay. Wave over there. Y'all see everybody waving over there? Can you just go in that room for just a couple of minutes? You're going to scan a QR code in there. They're going to give you some information. They're going to get your information. We want to be able to follow up with you. Can you all do that? Can you all go there, please? Can you all praise? Can you clap for them as they go into that room? See that room right there? You won't be there long. I want everybody to praise God for them as they go. You won't be there long. You won't be there long. Come on, praise God for them as they go. Take this picture of this QR code. If you're in the audience, you didn't, you can take a picture of this. You're watching live around the world. Take a picture. Okay. Can I get everybody to sit down for just a second? Can y'all praise God for them one more time as they're going into that altar response room? Been a minute since we had an altar call like that. I said, can you clap your hands and give God praise really quickly? I said, can you clap your hands and give God praise for real? For real, for real, for real? No, I mean, I mean for real, like for real. Can you praise God for real? Can you think of who you want to get saved? Can you think about that for a minute? Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. I wanted to do one more thing on Easter Sunday. And that last thing is, I know y'all think we'll take up an offering, but you know, I really want to trust you to, to, to pay on your pledge and give. I don't want to take up an offering today. I, I, what I want to do is, if you are here in this room and you do not have a church home, if you are not a member of a church, you have been coming to World Overcomers, you've been here, you've been a part of it, and you've been coming to the church, and you're thinking, oh my God, I want to join the church. I want this to be my church. If that's you, you can come down here right now, and we'll put you on the path towards being a member. Is there anybody saying, I'd like to join the church today? Praise God. Come on down. Oh, a lot of folk going in that room. I'd like to join church, Pastor Andy. This is my, I've been coming to the church. I've been here for a while. Come on down. Come on down. Down to the front. And uh, watching live around the world, you click on the button, say, oh my God, I want to join the church. I want to be a member of this church. Come on. Y'all can praise God for them. I want to be a member. This is my Sunday, Pastor Andy. I've been waiting and going to the church. I want to join the church. I want to be a member of World Overcomers. Hallelujah. Come on down. Come on down. Come nice and close. Don't be scared. I'm vaccinated. 
They're still coming. I want to join the church. I want to be a member of the church. This is about to be my church, Pastor Andy. I'm going to join the church. I'm going to be a member. Come on, sweetheart. I'm going to be a member of the church. I just want you to know, everybody that got saved today, we making them members anyway. But y'all are folks who know the Lord, have a relationship with him. You want to be a member, you want to join the church. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I want you to hear me for a second. There's no such thing as a perfect church. If you found one, you wouldn't want to join it because you'd mess it up. Because you're not perfect. And I couldn't lead it because I'm not perfect. But the point of church is to find like-minded believers. Come on down, sweetheart. It's to find like-minded believers and to say, okay, I want to serve and I want to be a part and I want to join and I want to figure out how God can use me. And so that is what this moment is about. It's about you saying, all right, it's time for me to walk according to the purpose of God for my life. And so we're going to throw that, y'all throw that QR code back up. I want everybody to pull your phone out. And you're going to take a picture of that QR code. And uh, you can use that same one, that next step one. When you get in there, just put membership on there. There's a membership thing in there. And then you'll just be, it. That you take a picture of that QR code real quick. And it'll give you everything that you need for you to be on your path to membership. And if you're watching live around the world, just write PastorAndy.com right on our website. So many ways for you to be a member globally. What an awesome, awesome Sunday that we had. Praise the Lord. I want everybody to stand on your feet. Everybody jump on your feet. Hallelujah. So, beloved, welcome back to church. Welcome back to church. I know there are so many of you that are still watching live stream around the world. That's, that's, um, that's amazing. That's awesome. We have one service is at 10 a.m. And we come together, we worship the Lord, and we invite you, of course, to come to church. And we rebuke COVID in the name of Jesus, and we're coming together. If you all remember, there was a time when for Easter, we'd have three and four, and we had a sunrise service. And so it's good for us to come to worship together. We're having these services, and we're excited about it. And that we bless you in his name. Y'all took a picture of that QR code. I just want to, I don't want to try to take them nowhere. Okay? It was good for us to be here together. Amen? Amen. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. May you have resurrection power all over you. In the name of Jesus. We are on our way to another place. We are on our way to this new building. We are on our way. And if you have not made a pledge, I can't help it. If you have not made a pledge, we need you to make a pledge. We need you to give. We're about to break ground in just a few months. We're now, we haven't got long to be in here, and it is the new permanent home of World Overcomers. We have been in lease spaces for all of these years, but it's time for us to go to this new place, and we're going to be in this new place by our 20th year. Amen? And y'all praise God for that. So give. Give, and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Okay, let's pray. God, I want to thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the sermon. Thank you for the every person that made a commitment. Thank you for all these new folks who have joined the church right now. 
What an awesome Sunday we had. I pray, Lord God, that your anointing would rest on us. Bless every gift. Bless every giver. Bless, bless the project, God. I'm just, I'm just putting it in your hands. Thank you, Lord God, for an amazing moment just to honor you. Just to surrender and make it all about you. I ask you to dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood as we leave, as we go home. Thank you for saving souls. Thank you for growing the body. We pray for the church literally around the world. Have your way in us. And God, give us a faith to conquer death. And we'll praise you for what you do. Lord, as we always pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. For God, you're our rock, you're our redeemer. We love you. Lord, bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Give your people peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. So glad you came to church with us this morning. Happy Easter.